to Avatar with Academics. My name is Sam Mulberry, and I have never watched Avatar The Last Airbender. And I'm Annie Berglund, and I have watched it before. Annie, we have made it to Book to Earth, Chapter 13, The Drill. Or yes. should I say should I say Chapter 13, The Drill, Secrets of the Fire Nation, Part 2? Right. The full thing. Well, That's I mean, right. it does feel like just one episode. Like, truly, yeah. it just melds right, melts right into the next one. Oh, absolutely. One. Absolutely. Um, and and I, I would subtitle this, and I think I brought this up at the end of our last episode. This is also, we could call this the drill colon a new hope. Because <laughs> so much of this episode, I feel like they're they're leaning on some Star Wars episode four, a new hope. Yes. I think in my note, like, you know me, but in the margins, I was even like, Star Wars. <laughs> like, yep. even I can see it. So right, that right, says right. something. If you're seeing it, imagine what I'm seeing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I will say, like, A New Hope is probably my favorite because that's the one that, I, I mean, that's the original I grew up on. So, um, so this is near and dear to my heart. Now, what's fun about this episode, too, is it's... Um, kind of different from from some of the things we've had in the last few episodes is this one is really just a big action set piece yeah like you know we saw the the titular drill at the end of last episode and everything we're going to do is going to center around that you know or most of what we're going to do is center around that so so yeah. that that's kind of exciting i was doing my notes for it and i was like there's just not a ton of dialogue like it's a lot of fighting Mm -hmm. and mechanical things moving around that is hard for me to describe (laughs) yeah 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 so this should be fun (laughs) yeah everyone's gonna love it (laughs) all right should we jump right in yeah yeah i'm sure you guys can't wait so we begin where we left off with a desert like scene um and they're kind of on the edge of the desert um and there's a sound of this heavy heavy machinery that's first heard and then the these tanks pass across the screen and it, they're followed by a gigantic drill that's whirring and spinning. And this is what we saw at the end of the last episode. And the drill is so large that it extends like far above the side, the shot of the camera. And so like the camera pans out and we see that the drill is accompanied by a dozen or so tanks around it. Which are tiny, tiny yes. in comparison, right? So this is my first Star Wars reference. Ooh. Right. I mean, this is this is like the opening shot, famously the opening shot of um episode uh, episode four of A New Hope, right? You first see this like rebel ship and you're like, wow, that's a big spaceship. <laughs> and then you're like, for the sake of scale, you see the Imperial ship that's after it and it's you've just never seen such a big thing in your life, right? So so this has a little bit of that where you're like, we've seen these tanks before. These tanks are not small, but this thing, like, just, it's it's so much bigger. Yes. Like, how did they build this thing? It's so big and mechanical and cold that it, like, creates a a feeling of dread. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, that thing could destroy anything. Right, right, right. right. Um, So the drill and the tanks halt, though, and then... (laughs) Section by section, I called it anchoring. That's perfect. Yeah. Okay. You should be an engineer. <laughs> That'd be the worst. So uh, the, it starts like anchoring itself into the dirt section by section because it's so massive. And I, I love this because um, we've talked about how the technology on here has some like steampunky elements. With, yeah. You know, and I love that they actually think about, well, how would this thing actually have to work so it's like yes well it needs to be rooted in the ground so they're so they actually spend the time to show you some of the mechanics of it and i think that's pretty cool yeah exactly and um we see then that it stopped uh because it's not too far ahead of an expansive fortress wall which we can assume is the outer wall of bossing say and a portion of the tank 
um, I, it's kind of like a small tower made of scaffolding, um, which we've seen a lot of in, mm-hmm. in Fire Nation world is scaffolding. <laughs> uh, it extends out and into the sky and the top of it has what looks like a cell with bright red windows. So it's kind of like the command center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the bridge. Yeah. I yes. Would call it, yeah. Yes. Um, that's the word that my husband used. And I was like, mm, I'm going to write cell. <laughs> so, that works. It's uh, yeah. Like the cabin. Of a, of a naval vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see the command room from the inside. And it's uh, there's a captain in there and a Zula. And she sits on an ornate throne. And her legs are crossed. And on either side of her is May and Tylee, who are on seats of their own, a little bit smaller than hers. Mm-hmm. A, little a little bit, bit smaller, a little bit lower. Right? Yep, yep. <laughs> and this older man with, a gray hair, with gray hair and a top bun walks into view. And he's pacing in front of the trio with his hands clasped behind his back. Um, And he says, the drill is a feat of scientific ingenuity and raw destructive power. Once it tunnels through the wall, our troops will storm their city. The Earth Kingdom will finally fall. And you can claim Ba Sing Se in the name of your father. Nothing can stop us. And then around them, in every section of the nearly 360-degree red window is a Fire Nation soldier that's <laughs> beep booping on levers and buttons and doing doing ship things. Right, right. So this has heavy Death Star vibes. I yeah. Mean, if, in, in the beginning of, of A New Hope, there is, I mean, they basically make this speech that like this space station is now the most powerful weapon in the universe and nothing can stop us. Right. So, so it's like, it's like this guy is kind of like Grand Moff Tarkin and, um, and Azula's Vader. Cause Azula, whenever, when he says this is sort of like, We'll see, you know, like, like, which is, which I love. It's like, should we be so excited about this technology Mm -hmm. or should we be excited about our, um, should we put our faith in like our firebending superiority powers? So, which is a lot like the Death Star versus the Force, which is a big theme in A New Hope. Okay. I wrote Titanic. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Yeah. It definitely is the hubris of Titanic. Yes. Yes. Right. We'll see in a little bit when um, the War Master keeps talking. It it reminded me a lot of the Titanic. Oh, I love that. I um, love that. Leo DiCaprio version. Right. No, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. So um, Ty Lee then says, hmm, what about those muscly guys down there? And she's peering through. It's almost like a submarine style telescope um, or like like a periscope. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. That's the word. Or like a viewfinder is what I wrote. That sounds like some personality (laughs) quiz. Right. I like it. (laughs) Um, And she sees Earth Kingdom soldiers jump into these small square carved out trenches um, that they likely uh, earthbended into the ground. Um, And they're in front of the wall. Um, So from above, we see that there are probably a dozen of these small rectangle trenches. And each has about a dozen soldiers inside. And Warmaster Chin, uh, we learn his name. He says, please, the drill's metal shell is impervious to any earthbending attack. Titanic. And Azula agrees with him, but she does say, she kind of cautions and says, just to be on the safe side, May and Tai Lee take the earthbenders out. And so May stops twirling her blades out of boredom and she sighs and says, finally, something to do. We get some great May in this episode. I, yes, I really like her in this. Um, it's also interesting that Azula is not going to go mess with just any old earthbenders, right? Like right. she she will firebend if it's like a an actual foe and then make the other two go <laughs> and do the lesser work, right? Right, right. right. 
Um, so along another section of the Great Fortress Wall of Ba Sing Se, we see our crew from the last episode, and we kind of pick up where we left off. So Sokka, Toph, Katara, and the three refugees, um, the couple, their child... I guess it's four refugees because right. then the, the fourth woman right. that we never learn about. Right. I like that the child isn't the fourth one, <laughs> but there is this other woman. <laughs> this woman that never talks and doesn't do anything. Um, they're walking toward the base of the wall. They're coming up really close to it. But Aang and Momo soar in and land right before them. And Katara is confused. She asks, like, aren't you looking for Appa? And to answer, Aang has Toph help him earthbend a boulder beneath the whole crew and fly them up to the wall um, alongside of the wall like an elevator. And Sokka says, what's so big that Appa has to wait? And they see from the top of the wall the drill and the tanks that are waiting to attack. Um, so the answer. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a pretty cool <laughs> shot. I mean, just because I love when they answer the question without words and it's just like you see what they see. And exactly. Um, and the gang is confronted at the top of the wall now by two Earth Kingdom soldiers. And they're saying that civilians aren't allowed on the wall. And Aang steps up and he's determined and he says, I'm the Avatar. Take me to whoever's in charge. I felt so cheated at this moment because they're on top of the wall and yet we still don't see any part of Ba Sing Se. Right. Because there's like the expanse before the second layer of wall, which we'll mm-hmm. talk about in a second. Yeah, they, they kind of withhold Ba Sing Se from us. I mean, it's smart. Yeah. I love I, What I love about this too is we see Aang kind of playing the Avatar card and we've seen throughout the show how that is successful and not successful. So, mm. um, but he knows he's in a place he can. He doesn't have to be afraid of being the avatar here. Yes. Um. And hmm, to man, we watch the next episode, so yes. I don't want to give too much away. But another thing that I thought about in how they create because they didn't need to have two walls. Right? They didn't have to have that expanse. But it reminded me of going to the DMZ between south korea and north korea right and there's this big expanse of land um with walls on either side right and like all these barriers and in it is just natural natural beautiful scene right and they talk about like all the different wildlife that roams this whatever mile two mile long expanse and it's interesting to think of like the walled city of bossing say as the other side of that and um It'll make more sense, I think, in the next episode to maybe think more about Korea and um, sure and and the politics of the city in there. Well, but, and it's interesting to think that Iroh, when he was here, he breached this outer wall. He mm, made it through this because mm-hmm. that was what we learned in the letter is that that they made it through the first the first wall. Yes, exactly. Um, so further down the wall, then. Aang gets what he wants, and they meet a strong, broad-shouldered, middle-aged man, and he's seated at a desk in front of scrolls, and he's under kind of a covered portion of this great big wall, and he's smiling uh, as if nothing is happening. And he says, it is an honor to welcome you to the outer wall, young avatar, but your help is not needed. And Aang is confused and probably annoyed and says, not needed. And the man says, not needed. I have the situation under control. I assure you the Fire Nation cannot penetrate this wall. Many have tried, but none have succeeded. And I also love Toph's energy in this episode. Mm-hmm. Toph crosses her arms and says, what about the Dragon of the West? He got in. And the man said, well, technically, yes, but he was quickly expunged. And Sokka glances at Toph, and they both look kind of skeptical. 
And he says, nevertheless, that's why the city is named Ba Sing Se. It's the impenetrable city. They don't call it Na Sing Se. And then he belly laughs to no one's response. <laughs> and then Deadpan says, that means penetrable city. I loved that joke. I <laughs> thought that was very funny. And it also shows us that uh, this episode gets set up with like hubris on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. That the, the, uh, the, the Fire Nation captain in the drill is like, Nothing can stop this. And the people on the wall are saying, nothing can stop this. So we we have a pretty literal, like, unstoppable force, immovable object <laughs> yes. um, meeting, which is uh, kind of fun. Yes. And they're both so blind to their own weak points. Yeah. So um, Toph says, yeah, thanks for the tour, but we still got the drill problem. And the man and Aang, the Aang gang walk out towards the wall so that they can show the drill to um, this this leader. And the man stands at its edge and he stares at the drill and he says he sent an elite platoon of earthbenders called the Terra team to stop the advancement. And Sokka goes, oh, that's a good group name. Very catchy. It is a good name for earthbenders. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like it a lot. On the ground then outside of the outer wall, we see big, burly Terra team earthbenders gliding in small formations. Uh, they're clearly very advanced. And rocks are cascading underneath them to carry them to the drill. You know what it made me wonder? Like, it made me wonder, these are clearly like, like he said, these are elite earthbenders. Yeah. And I would love to know, like, compare them to Toph. Like, oh, yeah. is Toph more powerful than them? And, like, Toph also doesn't have to show off. I feel like Toph is willing to just do things normally and then amaze everybody where these guys are like, we're going to cascade to the... But Toph know? is also willing to show off. Let's remember the Blind Bandit episode. She was that's a professional true. wrestler, basically. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so um, we see these men uh, advancing towards the drill. And as they go, they're trying to take out tank by tank um, that are alongside the drill. So they attack and crush a couple of them. And then they try to earthbend rock pillars up from the ground to the now... Um, moving drill. So it had halted, but it still continues to move, anchoring part of it and moving towards the wall with the other part. And the drill, though, is too large and too heavy for the pillars to really do anything. So they crumble immediately. And then we see May and Ty Lee slide down the side of the drill side by side. And Ty Lee single-handedly takes out the entire Terra team with her punches and her jabs, and they all lay motionless on the ground. I guess as May just hangs out and watches. Right, and I, I, I wrote in my notes... Like, why is she the only one who can do this? Yeah. Who taught her that? Exactly. And why just her? I don't know if it's just a her thing or if there's, I mean, maybe she learned it in that special academy for. Right. But it it doesn't, it seems like it's such a powerful thing. Yeah. That it's like, like, is she, and she, it may be that she is really gifted and other people you just couldn't teach this to. Right. Yeah. But it, it like, I, I love that this is her power because. What this needs is a way, we need a way to neutralize powerful benders. And, yeah. And she's the person who can do it. And we have, I mean, we haven't seen anybody stop her attacks yet. Like right. she took out Sokka, which maybe was easy for her, but then also Katara. Mm-hmm. She's like always successful with all these big burly earthbenders that are showing off. So, I mean, she's undefeated. Right. But it is interesting because we talk about how like people... You know, that there are people who fight with swords, like like mm. the blue spirit fights with swords. So, like, th- this is yet another way to fight yes. that's not bending. Yes. And it's also not weapons. But, yeah. But it, she holds her own. Yeah. yeah. So, from the outer wall, the the man um, on the top of the wall sees the Terra team defeated and yells, We're doomed! 
And Sokka smacks him in the face and says, get a hold of yourself, man. Very funny. (laughs) So this leader meekly then approaches Aang and answers to him in a whimper saying, yes, please, we'd like the Avatar's help. (laughs) So the Aang gang then is in a line across looking at the wall, kind of looking out like we realized they do in the last episode, Mm -hmm. just staring off into the distance, but this time looking at the drill. And I noticed that Toph's hands, it's really subtle, but in the background, as everyone's looking, Toph's hands are on the wall in front of her and she's feeling the earth, which I liked. And Aang wonders aloud what their plan should be. And then he and Katara, without saying anything, without looking at one another, just turn to Sokka. And he says, why are you guys looking at me? And Aang says, well, you're the idea guy. And Sokka crosses his arm and he says, so I'm the only one who could ever come up with a plan? That's a lot of pressure. And Katara chimes in, well, you're also the complaining guy. And he says, well, that part I don't mind. Sokka's very funny. And <laughs> and I love that they're, that that it's not just Sokka in a quest for identity, but they're also like buying into the identities that he's that he's trying to adopt. Yeah. Because he wants to be the playing guy. He was the guy with the map, before, you know, in last episode. And now it's like, okay, well, you're the guy who's coming up with the plans. Where's your plan? Yeah. And he wears it so proudly. Yes, yes. exactly. Um, so... We leave the Aang gang there, though, trying to figure out a plan, and we go to another DMV kind of experience with another crabby lady who is stamping tickets, this time to get onto the train that I believe takes um, passengers from the outer wall to the inner wall of the city. Uh, And she says, we just see her, right? We don't see who she's talking to, similar to the shot last time at the ferry. And this lady says, so Mr. Lee and Mr. Um, Mushy, is it? And Zuko and Iroh stand in line and Iroh says, it's it's pronounced Mushy. And the crabby lady goes, you telling me how to do my job? And it's like the anger is so present that she's like spitting when she says it, right? Like has a grimace on her face that is really unpleasant. And Iroh says, oh, uh, no, no. And he then approaches the desk, suave and sweet talking and says, <laughs> But may I just say, you're like a flower in bloom. Your beauty's intoxicating. And the lady says, well, you're pretty easy on the eyes yourself, handsome. And then she winks and like roars at him, like meows at him and says, welcome to Bossing Say and stamps the tickets. It's so interesting that, that you know, we talked in um, Omashu about like how they use the earthbending powers to have this mail delivery system. Yeah. Right? Like how much of the Earth Kingdom is about like civil servants and, <laughs> you know, and like like governmental structure Bureaucracy. things. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like this is the land of bureaucrats. Yeah. Which is absolutely which is, just fascinating because like because we haven't seen we didn't see a water tribe person even in the, the big city in the north. We didn't really yeah. see see that. But uh, yeah, the water tribe. I'm, yes. And um, and then the Fire Nation is. A monarchy, and this is more—I don't know what this is, but it, yeah, levels of bureaucracy for well, sure. It's, I mean, there's still a king, so there's a—it's a, it's a True. monarchy, but but this is like this is a, uh, well, they talk about civilization, right? Like this mm. is this is highly organized, and it requires the work of civil servants and even earthbenders as civil servants, as we have have seen and will continue to see. Yes, exactly. Um, so a very pleased Iroh spins around from the desk and passes the stamped tickets to Zuko, who's rubbing his temples and his eyes in pure disgust. And he snatches them and says, I'm going to forget I saw that. 
So he's thankful, though. He's like, I'm glad we got in, but let's never talk of that again. Yes. Which is fair. It was hard to watch. Then Jet is standing further back in line, and he watches Zuko and Iroh leave. And he says, I think Lee would make a good freedom fighter. He's just trying to find his way in the world like us. And Smellerby stands next to him and cautions him that he doesn't really know anything about Lee. But Jet responds that he knows Lee got that scar from somebody, right? And it wasn't a waterbender. And so Smellerby says, well, besides, I thought we were going to go straight now. And Jet says, we are. And the new freedom fighters could use a guy like Lee. What do you think, Longshot? And Longshot turns his head to look at Jet in the eyes an extended amount of time, doesn't say a word. And then Jet says, I can respect that. I love Longshot might be one of my favorite characters. <laughs> Me too. Just because everybody responds to him like he said the most profound thing, but he never speaks. I also love this this language of going straight because that's such a loaded term. Yeah. It's like, what it does... What are they going straight from exactly? Right. I mean, we know a little bit, but like, is there more? And what to them constitutes going straight? Like, what are they going to, what is, what are their plans for Bossing Yes, say? And they're going straight. And yet Jet is still exhibiting his same behaviors as before, where he sees a past pain in someone and then tries to manipulate it. Yeah. Like tries to use it for whatever reason. It, even if the reason is maybe a better one than before. Yeah. It's still manipulation. Yeah. And there's like a, but it's sometimes, it's in the service of something which kind of feels altruistic in a Robin Hoodie way, but there you're like, you just don't trust. We've been trained not to trust him. Yes. Which I think is important. I mean, even the way that he, when he talks to Zuko or Lee, he uses like we and us all of the time immediately mm. to try to suck him in. And it still feels slimy like well, last it's, time. It's interesting because yeah, like as a kid, if you're watching this, your only other experience with him is he's a guy who seemed cool, but turned out to kind of be a bad guy. Yeah. And now he like, Seems cool, but you. So all of your training is like, but I'm waiting for the other shooter. Yes, go. and and it's with somebody who like Zuko is still figuring out who he is. Yeah, and he's not maybe trustworthy either. So it's like two of these characters who are really they're standing in in two different camps, and that could be really good or really bad. Yeah, and it, well, it is interesting because like like yeah, he, Jet is somebody who is happy to enlist other people into like who is happy to give somebody an identity or a destiny yeah you know and and zuko is uh we don't know where he's at with that we know that he's struggled with with who he is we don't know how exactly he's going to respond to somebody wanting to impress an identity upon him yeah exactly so then we go back though to the outer wall and the ang gang and the earth war master Stand watching Katara in a room with the fallen Terra team warriors. Um, it's kind of where they're rehabilitating mm-hmm. the, the Terra team. And Katara floats glowing water over one of the warriors' arms, um, saying that his chi is blocked. And the man explained that the two that two girls ambushed them, and one used quick jabs to render his earthbending useless. Then cartwheeled away. <laughs> and Katara's like, oh, okay, the cartwheel. That's Tylee. How does she know Tylee's name? Because before they oh. were like, oh, it's those girls again. And they didn't really know who they were. But their last experience with Ty Lee was, was when they flew across that lake and Appa yeah. saves them. So it's like, how did how did they get the recon that that's her name? Did they? I don't think they said their names ever. Yeah, I don't. I, huh. I want to go back and check. 
Maybe that's an oopsie. Yeah. So um, she says, Ty Lee, she doesn't look dangerous, but she knows the human body and its weak points. It's like she takes you down from the inside. And at this, Sokka begins jumping up and down and going, oh, like he's super excited. And he says, I got a plan. Take down the drill the same way Ty Lee takes down big earthbenders. And Toph said, hitting its pressure points. And Aang says, taking it down from the inside. So the ideas guy came through. That's right. So the drill continues whirring and spinning toward the wall slowly. It's it's kind of painful to just watch it keep getting closer and closer. It's right. very stressful. Well, again, and it reminds me of, and I apologize the number of Star Wars things that were real, but it reminds me of in the uh, towards the end of episode four, you're like waiting for the Death Star to get into position. Oh yes, right to to attack and. And it, it has this feel of like it's this massive thing, but because of that, it has to move slowly. So you're seeing that it seems unstoppable, but it's also painfully slow to yeah, watch. Yeah, but still just as terrifying. Absolutely. Um, so uh, it still is is spinning, and the Aang peers at it from inside one of the trenches. So now they're down on the ground outside of the outer wall. And Toph says, once I whip up some cover, you're not going to be able to see, so stay close to me. Because she knows that what is her strength is their weakness, right? Mm -hmm. So she says, uh, or she um, immediately jumps out of this trench and extends her arms outward and lifts them slowly to the sky as dust and pebbles fly into the air out in front of them. And it creates a fog. We've seen this trick before. Yeah. And then she yells at them, run. And the whole crew runs into this dense fog. Tylee spots the dust cloud. She's back in the red command station now. Is that what we're calling it? Yes. And <laughs> we'll just stick with that. And Warmaster Chin assures Azula that it's probably nothing. It's just dust. And the Aang gang is now in the fog at the base of the drill. And Toph earth bends a hole in the ground for them to jump into. And then bends the earth back into its place, creating utter darkness. And the Aang, uh, so the Aang gang is basically like in a little bunker under the ground, yeah. right? Yep. And they're going to create a tunnel. And Sokka complains that it's so dark he can't see, which Toph sarcastically responds with, oh, no, what a nightmare. And Sokka apologizes. So the friends emerge from the dirt. Now underneath, they had uh, earth bended, bent mm -hmm. <laughs> a tunnel. Um, and now they're underneath the drill. And the underbelly is kind of like a big train, like two long, continuous rows of treads that are like high enough for the friends to be able to stand and run underneath it. Like that's how big this drill is. And they find an open entrance into the belly of the drill. And so Aang and Sokka and Katara are ready to jump in, but Toph stays behind. She says she'd rather remain um, and slow down the drill from the outside rather than risk losing all of her ability in that metal monster. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to be blind to her surroundings in there, right? So as the Aang disappears into the machine, Toph bends these earth pillars up, just like the Terra team had done, but I think bigger, um, more effective coming from underneath, right? Uh, into the belly of the machine, and it starts to slow it down. And this was reminiscent to me of the library. I had the exact same thought. I mean, that they're going to do one mission, and her, and she's doing a support a support mission version, or uh, that's running parallel. To yes, that. and yeah. so incredibly crucial. Yes. And she, like, came up with it on her own, too. Like, it, it's her idea. It wasn't the ideas guy that did it. She's like, oh, this, this is something that I can do to help from the outside. I like it. She's smart. So the Aang gang searches the machine then. Um, they try to find a blueprint on the inside so that Sokka can locate some of the weak points. And so um, 
they're trying to figure out how to get a blueprint. And Sokka starts slicing at a pipe, just some random pipe next to him uh, with his machete. And it causes air and smoke to leak. And Katara questions him, what are you doing? Why are you slicing things? <laughs> and But he said that when there's a leak, engineers will likely come and fix the problem. And engineers probably have some kind of blueprint. What a brilliant, brilliant idea. Yeah, so smart. And he's right. So the smoke fills the room and we get a shirtless massive just huge man you know what engineers look like right? <laughs> it's just burly um and uh, he comes running up a fire nation engineer and he's wearing a gas mask and he has several scrolls of blueprints uh in his hand in his pockets as he walks into the room but as he does he turns around just as katara freezes the smoke in the air and it freezes the engineer into place so that Sokka can grab the blueprints again genius I would never have thought to freeze the smoky air. Right, right, because it's like steam. Yes. So it would so it would be really like like wet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love like they do a good job of finding water in places that are obvious once you see it, but in t- but it, before you see it, it doesn't occur to you. Yeah. Even like sometimes we get shots of Katara running down a street, and like you don't notice a bowl of water or some, something mm-hmm. nearby, but she draws out of it. It's yeah. so cool. So they find. Um, a room that's clear of smoke, and Sokka studies the blueprint that they grabbed, noting that the drill has two main parts, an inner mechanism and an outer shell. And he says the inner and outer parts are connected by braces. If we cut through them, the entire thing will collapse. So this is just like the in in A New Hope where they have the plans to the Death Star and they're like breaking down, okay, what are the pressure points? What are, what are the things we can do to take mm. take this thing down from the inside? So they even have the plans to the space station. <laughs> so who's the Sokka in A New Hope? Uh well, it, it's not it's not perfectly clean <laughs> in terms of that, but but I mean I mean Sokka could be the um, I forget the woman's name who is like the rebel leader who talks them through that. Okay, but, but yeah, right. I mean there there is like an ideas person. Now uh, I want to watch it. Okay, so back at the train station to Bossing Say, I love that we're going between the two stories again. I feel like it's been a big break since we've done that. Well, I guess last episode, but you know. So back at the train station, refugees and travelers are waiting by the tracks for the train to arrive. And Jet approaches Zuko and Iroh, who are sitting on a bench nearby. He says, you guys got plans once you're inside the city? And at that, a man with a tea cart walks by and he yells, get your hot tea here, finest tea in Ba Sing Se. And Iroh raises his hand in delight and orders a jasmine tea, please. And he takes a sip and immediately regrets it. And he grumbles, coldest tea in bossing say is more like it. What a disgrace. I need to say there's something visually here where they entirely captured the feeling of sitting in a train station waiting for a train. <laughs> yes. Like, doesn't it remind you of like it's. Yes. I don't know if it's like the color, like the color of gr- dark gray. Kind or like of green tinted almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just it like it instantly. I felt like well, they just nailed it. They just nailed what that feels like. Yes, I think about when we lived in Seoul, waiting for the train every day, multiple times a day, and they have like the same seats around a pillar. Right, everyone is pretty quiet. There's people selling things. Yeah, totally spot on. So Iroh is uh, unimpressed by the tea, to say the least, and Zuko and Jet are watching this unfold in front of them. Until Jet then tries to bring up the conversation again. But this time, he ushers Zuko to talk with him privately. And they walk away from Iroh, and Jet says to Zuko that both of them, he says, you and I, 
we'll have a better chance of making it in the city if we stick together. Which touches on the thing Zuko said to him on the boat where he's like, I've learned, you know, that you can't do things on your own. So yeah. He's, he's kind of using that. And this time he's using it to say, maybe you don't need to be with your fuddy-duddy uncle, right? So he says, you want to join the Freedom Fighters? And Zuko thanks him but declines and says that they probably wouldn't want him. And Jet says, come on, we made a great team looting the captain's food. And think of all the good we could do for these refugees. And Zuko declines again just by simply walking away. And Jet shrugs and nearly turns around until he spots beyond Zuko, um, Iroh, drinking a now piping hot cup of tea. And Jet's eyes widen. When he walks off and Zuko realizes that his uncle's mistake uh, has caught the attention of Jet. Or and, even had the potential to. I don't know that he knows that Jet saw it. He yeah. just no, He just noticed it himself and he's like... This could be bad. Yeah. Uh, so he smacks the tea. Zuko smacks the tea from Iroh's hand. And he says, what are you doing firebending your tea? For a wise old man, that was a pretty stupid move. And then Iroh says, I know you're not supposed to cry over spilled tea, but <laughs> it's just so sad. It is a weird, like like tactical mistake from Iroh. Yeah. But I love that it that like his weakness is kind of his epicureanism, right? Like his yeah. like, oh I love a <laughs> you know, the pleasure of a of this of this hot tea and that that's the thing that is his strategic downfall. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> I kinda love that too. So uh, then we go back to Aang, Sokka, Katara, and Momo, who are walking across one of the many beams that brace the inner and outer walls of this drill. And it's these big beams with like emptiness below it, right? In the in the, it's hard to describe it, right? Yeah. Is that in, what... Yeah. No, it, that's absolutely right. Just sort of in the the shell of the yeah of the drill. Yeah. And um the. The beams look much thicker than the blueprint suggested they did. So it seems like it'll already be a harder task than Sokka had devised. Yeah, I mean, these look like, I mean, how how wide and thick are we? I mean, like. Like, mm, like it could fit a vehicle on it driving yeah, across. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, like I was going to say like six to ten feet, like mm-hmm. not, not little things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sokka said, we're going to have to work pretty hard to cut through that. And Katara says, what's this we stuff? Aang and I are going to have to do all the work. And Sokka goes, look, I'm the plan guy. You two are the cut stuff up with waterbending guys. Together, we're Team Avatar. And he raises his fist to the sky. So I love that 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 he's now interested in group identity. Yeah. You know, what? like, you know, that that's, that's, now his, that's now his thing. And how long will that last? Which is another way to think about identity, though. It's yeah. like, like, not just who am I, but who, who are we? Yeah, yeah. totally. So they walk to the center of the brace, and it makes a cross shape, right? So there's two beams crossing each other. And Aang airbends to the other side so that he and Katara can start water slicing at the vertical-facing beam. And Katara takes the water from her pouch and whips it across to Aang, who catches it and does the same back to her. They're basically playing fast catch, right? right? And slicing through. And we hear a clank every time the water slices through the metal, bit by bit. And time passes... And we know because there's a cut then to the same scene, but they're really not much farther. And the two are exhausted from continually waterbending. 
But they've only really cut through half of the beam. It is amazing though, because like I didn't think it would do anything. Yeah, the fact that they're that they they managed to cut through this with water is is actually pretty remarkable. And they don't have a ton of time though, right? right? So Sokka and Momo are watching and cheering, and Sokka says, "Come on, team, don't quit now. We're." And then Katara growls and threatens Sokka with water, and he says, "I mean, you're almost there." But they finally slice through the whole vertical beam at a slight angle. And when they finish, the beam only slides down just a little bit. It's like still intact. It's still functioning, uh, but just slid to the side. Guitar and Aang collapse in exhaustion. And they realize that they can't cut through all these beams before the drill hits the wall. They don't have time. And at that, they hear a deep rumbling sound coming from the drill and then an announcement over a large intercom saying, congratulations, crew. The drill has made contact with the wall of bossing say. Start the countdown to victory. In the command station, the crew is cheering, but Azula stares emotionless. <laughs> Seems right. Outside, the drill is slowly breaking through layers of the wall. So we get a commercial break, and we come back to see the drill hitting the wall and bits of rock being um, filtered through its vents, almost like a stream. Yeah. We'll get to that a little bit more later. Yeah, because I, I mean, I presume maybe the water is there because the, the, the water is there maybe to cool the drill. Yeah. Because that's often true with like when you're drilling through things, like it gets, the friction gets so hot that you, that water needs to be part of it. So yeah, so you get this like rock and water. Yes, combo, combo down this pipeline. And um, so we see that really briefly, but it'll come back into play. And Sokka pushes against the brace with all his might, but there's no luck. Uh, And he says, we're putting everything we got into these braces, but it's taking too long. And Aang says, maybe we don't need to cut all the way through. Toph has been teaching me that you shouldn't give 100% of your energy into any one strike. He says, Sokka, take a a fighting stance. And now he's kind of teaching us and the crew about what Toph has taught him. So Sokka bends his knees and he has his fists raised. And Aang continues, you've got to be quick and accurate. And he punches at Sokka. Hit a series of points and break your opponent's stance. And when he's reeling back, as Sokka is at this point, you deliver the final blow. His own weight becomes his downfall, literally. And then Aang smacks Sokka's head one more time, lightly, and Sokka collapses to the ground. So this excited me because here we're seeing Aang is like really learning from Toph. Yeah. like, Like he is learning to think about things like an earthbender in the way Toph does. This also made me think of the warriors of uh, Kiyoshi mm. uh, where they have that idea of use your, uh, use their own force against them, right? Yes. Use their own weight against them. So they're, which, and those are also earth kingdom people, right? So it's like another version of this same, oh, the same earth kingdom idea. I love that. So the uh, gang decides to just weaken the braces so that Aang can deliver the final blow on the top of the drill outside. And we're not quite sure what that's going to look like, um, but we'll, we'll certainly see. So Aang says, everyone inside that wall, the whole world, is counting on us. And outside, Toph continues to brace the rock pillar up at the underbelly of the moving drill. And she worries to herself and says, come on, Twinkle Toes, hurry up. Now, this moment made me realize... If this is like a Star Wars episode, I realize Toph is Han Solo. Ooh, right? That she's in often she's she's often in this like supportive role, mm. right? She's cool, she's like quippy. Yeah, sarcastic and Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just realized like and she's self-sufficient, right? She doesn't she doesn't always need to lean on the other people. And I'm like 
that's why Toph's so cool. She's kind of Han Solo. Yeah, and when they get, like, when they acquire her on her team, she's kind of doing her own thing. She's earning money in her own way. That's, exactly. like, a little bit seedy. <laughs> exactly, right? So so what's interesting is, like, when we first talked about sort of triumvirates at the very beginning of this, we talked about Sokka as, like, the Han Solo figure. And he's actually, like, ceased to be that because mm. now he's, like, part of the core, even though he's not a bender. He's, like, the man with the plan kind of thing. And Toph is now taking that that Han Solo role. And I love it so much. And ever since I had that thought, whenever I look at Toph, I think of that and it just makes me happy. I know. That's so great. I love her I in this episode. I also think about the way she refers to Appa is a lot like the way Han refers to Chewie. And oh, like, yeah. And they're both good friends, but like will rag on each other. And it's like, I, I kind of love it. Like fuzzy, furry monster kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Big furball. Yeah, that's that's very. I love it. So inside we see a montage of uh, Aang and Katara water slicing through multiple braces, but only three-fourths of the way through each of them before they move on to the next one. Back in uh, the <laughs> command station, Warmaster Chin hears that an engineer was ambushed and his schematics were stolen. So on the PA, they also hear, a brace on the starboard side has been cut th- clean through. It's sabotage, sir. And Chin shakes in fear and glances at Azula who takes the situation then into her own hands. Um, The mean girls, as I call them, run across a brace above the Aang gang, and Azula shoots lightning fire at them across the gap. But Aang ducks just in time. And Ty Lee says, Wow, Azula, you were right. It is the Avatar. And friends. And she smiles at Sokka, who waves hello sheepishly until Katara drags him away. And the Aang gang runs across the brace and back into the hallways inside the drills mechanism. And Aang is telling his friends to run and that he'll just deliver the final blow. They've done as much as they can. They don't have time anymore. So Katara tosses her pouch of water to Aang to use. I love this because it's also sort of emblematic of Katara being like, you are a waterbending. Yeah. You're like kind of a master now. So like, I'm going to give you the water because you need it and you're able to be a waterbender. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and at the start, it's like the the mechanic or the whatever the head engineer was like, oh, you know, earthbending can't take this down. So maybe she's also, I mean, she didn't hear that, but probably also thinking like you're going to need multiple elements exactly. to make this happen. Exactly. So Momo and Aang run one way with Azula racing behind them and Katara and Sokka run the other way down a hallway with Ty Lee and Mei on their tail. Now, this reminded me of In A New Hope when they are on the Death Star and they split up, right? And and mm. And... Um, and Obi-Wan is doing one thing and um, Luke and Leia are in one place and Han and Chewie in another place. Like it, it reminds me of like that moment of like now we're all running to our parts to do these things. So yeah. Yes. And yeah. at the end it, it should all hopefully come together. Right? right. So Katara and Sokka come across a large sign reading slurry pipeline and Sokka begins to crank open the cover of the pipe. It's rock and water mixed together. It means our way out, he says. So I was excited for two things when this happened. I mean, when they say rock and water together, (laughs) you're like, okay, like these are two (laughs) elements. Like I'm excited because there's, you know, they're telegraphing something that's going to happen. And the other thing is, and this this may be my last Star Wars reference, there might be a few more, (laughs) but do you remember in Star Wars when they escaped through the trash compactor? Yeah. This is like that, right? Uh, It's like, okay, we're going to go into this gross thing to try to escape. And it's like an ingenious hidden way to do it. Exactly. Love it. 
So they jump into the opening and land inside the flowing slurry pipeline. And May and Tylee catch up to them just as they jump. But May refuses to jump into the sludge. And she says, Azula can shoot all the lightning she wants at me. I am not going into the wall of sludge juice. So she stays back. But Tylee shrugs, smiles, and just jumps in without her. So are you more pro-May or pro-Tylee at this moment in that in that decision? I like both of them at that moment. I like that Tylee is willing to, like, get, I don't know, like, jump into this mess of crap and, like, get something done. It's pretty cool. But then May, I also like her energy in this episode. Like, it's not worth it. It's kind of on brand for both. So yeah. that's, that's nice. So um, then we go to Aang, who is uh, running, but really just flying through the corridors and up toward the top of the machine. Then we go back to Sokka and Katara, who are riding the current of sludge out the back of the machine, crashing onto the ground beneath it. And Tylee also rides the wave out of the massive pipe and readies to attack them as she's emerging out of the pipe. But Katara waterbends the flow of the sludge back into the pipeline, blocking the pipe while also keeping Tylee suspended in the water. So Tylee is just in this now clogged drain, essentially. Right. And uh, Katara triumphantly says, why don't you try blocking my chi now, circus freak? And Sokka says, Katara, keep that up. The pressure will build up the drill. Then when Aang delivers the final blow, it'll be ready to pop. Really good plan. Yes. And Sokka's, I think, probably thrilled that Katara laid some shade on yeah. to Tylee as well. So Aang then emerges on the top of the drill, runs at the wall, and runs at the wall with Momo flying at his side. And he says, this looks like a good spot, Momo. But boulders from the top of the wall nearly hit them, just as he says it. Uh, they're being thrown over the wall by the earthbending soldiers above to try to desperately stop the drill. And Aang tries to yell to General Sung, I think we finally learned his name at right. that point, <laughs> to make the soldiers stop. But the general continues giving orders to never stop shooting the rocks down there. So there's treachery kind of on every side. Uh, so Aang stands among the falling rocks and water slices into the center of the drill, just like he and Katara did inside. And he makes this cross shape. Yeah, so kind of an X marks the spot target. Exactly. And uh, then we see Sokka, who continues to cheer on Katara, saying, good technique, little sister, and don't forget to breathe. And Katara says, you know, I am just about sick and tired of you telling me what to do all day. You're like a chattering hog monkey. Loved the hog monkey reference. Sokka says, just bend the slurry, woman. And Katara continues to do just that while also taking one arm and launching Sokka backwards into the sludge. Toph then emerges from under uh, from the underbelly of the drill and helps Katara to combine both water and earthbending to plug up the slurry in the drain even more. I just I was just so excited at this point because <laughs> it's like they set it up, they telegraphed it, and they delivered on it. Yep. Aang continues water slicing with Momo on his back, each clang making the X-shaped slice into the drill just a little bit deeper. But he stops to catch his breath. And he says, what I'd give to be a metal bender. I don't think we've heard anyone reference metal bending before. I liked it. Momo squeals from a sound behind them. And and that's just as lightning strikes at them. And they barely move out of the way. And Aang then commands Momo to leave for his safety because he can't lose another friend. Mm -hmm. Right. But he also needs a friend right now. Um, So Azula and Aang face each other again on the top of the drill, just like last time, really, when they were in the desert. And Azula lightning bends at Aang, and he water whips her hands to prevent her strikes. And they fight like this for quite a bit. 
Um, they avoid each other's attacks, but they also are trying to continue to avoid the falling falling boulders from General Sung uh, and his crew above. And I like that he's using water. Yeah, instead of air. I didn't even notice that. Like that it's so natural to him that he can do that now. Exactly. Um, so uh, Aang grabs one of the rocks that falls towards him and he grabs it from the sky and earth bends it at Azula, who dodges it by doing the splits. And Aang has now used all three of the elements against Azula in this fight so far, which is kind of incredible that she's able to withstand that. Right. It speaks to her power and the fact that he is now sort of so fluid with these that... Yes. That, that he's using them in concert with each other. Yeah. And I wonder also, he seems to do very well under pressure. And this is a very pressured situation. Right. So I wonder if it becomes more natural because of that. Who knows? Yeah, I think you get into the flow and you're just like, I'm just reacting rather than yes. thinking through it. Yeah. Overthinking. Right. So Aang makes a rock barrier to block Azula's attacks. Uh, but she gets a running start and kicks a large lightning bolt at this rock barrier, breaking it into pieces and then the impact sends Aang into the fortress wall behind him. They're still up on top of the drill at this point. And he falls to the ground with a thud. Just then, the drill finally breaks through the entirety of the fortress wall. At this, Azula picks up Aang by his shirt collar, leans him against the wall, and builds up lightning in her hand to strike him. And it kind of feels like an all-is-lost moment. Well, it's interesting, too, because you know we talked about hubris in this episode. It's sort of this moment where it's like, it's not exactly like she's monologuing here, but she's definitely like dramatically building up when it's like maybe unnecessary. Yes, exactly. But, but she wants the, this is her big triumphant moment. So she wants it to be great. Oh, yeah. So Aang awakens, though, and slams his hand into the wall behind him, bending rocks around it to make an armored forearm. He does this in a split second so that he can bring his arm in front of his face and protect him from her fire from her fire bending. Um and he blocks her lightning from hitting him in the face and pushes her back with his rock arm with immense strength. Well, and, and you you put in your notes and you didn't read this that it looks like the thing from Fantastic Four. Yes. You're exactly right. I was trying. I thought it was the Hulk at first. I'm really bad with Marvel and DC and all that. But it is the thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the watery sludge from inside the block pipeline now bursts at the point where the drill meets the wall and the wave overtakes Azula and Aang. And they slide down either side of the massive drill. And Azula's shoes, I think, help her to cling to the side of the drill. They're very pointy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how that happened, but it was skillful skillful on her part. Um, and Aang falls down the other side of the drill. Uh, and it looks like he's going to crash onto his head. But Momo grabs Aang by the hood and lifts him upright so that he can airbend to safety back on the top of the drill. And he says, thanks, Momo. I owe you one. Maybe think of Boomy, who said, like, you're going to need Momo. Yes. Too. Yeah. Me too. And that, like, he dismissed him for his safety. But Momo came, like, Momo was always there. And he came back to help. So just as Aang says, uh, all he needs is a boulder. To finish his final blow, one crashes from the soldiers above and lands next to him. And he's like, oh, finally, I actually needed this. So he cuts at the boulder to make it into kind of like a pin or a nail shape, pointing down into the crisscross slices of the drill's exterior that he created from his water bending. And Aang then backs up and he gets a running start and rides his air ball to the fortress wall. So I love this because it's a running start and I was like, oh, he's going to stop at the boulder but he doesn't he goes beyond it and he flies up like vertically up the it's fortress so cool. wall um and he doesn't just 
airbend. He stops airbending towards the top. Um, and it's almost like a slow motion movement um, where he then starts running down the wall. So he runs straight down towards the boulder. Um, but when he's just about to get onto the boulder, Azula is back on the top of the drill. And she tries to attack, but she doesn't reach the boulder in time before Aang smashes down onto it with all of his might, kind of like a ground pound, mm-hmm. and causes a gust of wind to knock Azula back. And the interior of the drill... Uh, collapses with the pressure of both the slurry pipeline and the weakened braces. I love this because, uh, and this actually is, I think, the last Star Wars reference. But <laughs> um, it's like it's like Vader and Luke at the Battle of Yavin, where like like Luke is about to shoot at the Death Star, and like Vader's right behind him, and it's like this moment of like, is he going to hit the pressure point, or is he going to get knocked off? And then Vader gets kind of blown away by that. Oh you yeah. Know? Well, actually, it's yeah, it's 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 Han Solo that 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 shoots him away. But but yeah, like so it reminded me of the tension of that moment, and and then we get the destruction of the drill Death Star. Yes, and the drill then implodes section by section, and Toph yells from the back of the drill, "Here it comes!" And she bends a platform of earth up to protect herself, Sokka, and Katara from the wave of oncoming sludge, which Ty Lee is caught up into. So then we go back to Aang, who's standing uh, on the boulder on the top of the drill, and he's covered head to toe in thick sludge, and he wipes his face, and we finally see a big smile on his face. Momo lands on his shoulder and starts licking away some of the sludge. We see then War Master Chin, who's looking on from the command station, shocked and terrified, and he said, like, an earthbender can't take it down, but he didn't anticipate an earthbender, a waterbender, and an airbender that they could destroy it together. Uh, And then we see General Sung, who's equally confused, standing on the top of the fortress wall in uh, sludge all over himself as well. And then Ty Lee and Azula meet at the back of the drill in the sludge. And we see we see May open up this like side door of this drill and say with her arms crossed, we lost. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) So back at the train station now, Smellerby tries to calm Jet down. She says, Jet, it's just hot tea. And Jet says, he heated it himself. Those guys are firebenders. And Jet and Smellerby and Longshot then decide to board the train a few cars down from Zuko and Iroh. They cover their faces as they enter the car. And Iroh sits next to a couple on the train, the Earth Kingdom couple, who are holding their newborn baby. And he coos, what a handsome baby. So Iroh met Hope on the train. I love it. I love, I just, I love how this... This couple and this baby are this weird through line that goes all the way back to um, Zuko alone. I almost like want to watch the season over and be like, did they have, are they like in an earlier episode in the background? (laughs) Yeah, really, truly. Um, So then we go back to Aang and the crew and they're standing on top of the fortress wall and Sokka congratulates all of them. It's now like sunset. Um, They've, they're done with that (laughs) terrible, awful day. And he says, good effort out there, Team Avatar. And Katara says, enough with the Team Avatar stuff. No matter how many times you say it, it's not going to catch on. It's like a quit trying to make fetch happen (laughs) situation. Absolutely. Uh, And Sokka says, how about the Boomerang Squad? See, it's because it's got Aang in it. Boomerang. And Aang says, I kind of like that one. And they walk into the city and Sokka keeps up with some of the suggestions. The Aang gang? The fearsome foursome? And Toph says, you're crazy. Sokka says, why? We're fearsome. And the sun sets behind them. 
So I love that it ends on this question of group identity, and <laughs> and I love that that Sokka is you know wants to you know wants to try to like give a give a specific identity to the family. In yeah. That way. yeah, like maybe it's not anymore about proving himself, but like together in right. all these different ways they were able to take down the drill. Right, right. So big themes, observations uh, from this episode. I got to say the first one. I just wrote next stop the inner walls of Bossing oh, say. I know. It's like we we this this feels like it's the last like okay, every time we're we're we feel like we're there something happens. I think man, I, I I'm trying to think of what the first episode was where they mentioned Bossing say. It was very early. I think it's the one it's Winter Solstice part 2 cuz it's the one where Iroh gets captured cuz yeah. that's where they introduce the idea of Iroh and the Siege of Bossing Se. I feel like every episode since then, you have said, I want to go see Bossing Se. And now it's finally happening. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and <laughs> it can't come soon enough. <laughs> uh, other things. Uh, the Jet Zuko thing is so interesting. Mm. I wonder what Jet's next move is now. Because clearly they're tracking them. <laughs> yes. When you see them side by side. I feel like I trust Zuko way more than I trust Jet. Isn't and that funny, though? It's so interesting because like, this is the guy who still wants to tra- uh, trap the Avatar. Like, he's, st- I mean, as he far as we know. He still wants to be the Fire Lord, yeah. right? Like, And yet we trust him more because we know more of his story, right? Yeah. And then we do Jet's. So we don't really know. And what we know about Jet is that we don't trust him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's super interesting. I also wonder like what are Iroh and Zuko going to do in Bossing say? So they get, so they make it to the city. They make it inside the walls. Like what's the next step? What's the plan? Right. I'm trying to think of what, why they went there in the first place. It's because of the white Lotus, mm-hmm. right? They said that there are people there that, that can protect you. And also it's a refugee community. You can, you're safe from the fire nation. There. Right. And that's the thing is there, they, we have to remember they're being hunted, right? Yes. They are, they are uh, wanted outlaws, so this is a place where they can avoid that and, and lay low. I wonder if they'll find, like, White Lotus members in there. I got to think so. Like, yeah. Now that they've introduced that, I don't think Iroh needs to hide it. And Bossing Say has to have yes. White Lotus, you would think. Yeah. But we don't even fully know what, what the White Lotus is. <laughs> yes, you know. So true. I'm, I'm excited to learn more about that. When are they going to reconnect with Appa? I mean, that's... Yeah. That's part of why they're here it's interesting this is one of the first episodes where appa isn't really mentioned that much like just at the start right right well because once they get going they have a singular focus mm-hmm. um uh i loved that ang is really using air water and earth at this point like i feel like i use the term leveled up too much in this in this <laughs> podcast but like this is one where we see it we see like he can just do these things now yeah um i like i love the hope the, the baby hope thing um i like that zuko met hope when he was on his own mm-hmm. ang met hope when he was in the desert like in his worst place right and then iroh met hope when he's inside bossing safe which we know is where he lost his son and mm-hmm. there's a lot of baggage for him there so i'm i'm interested to see even like little hints of iroh's story maybe unfold more and maybe hope coming out of it yeah absolutely I love that. I just love that everyone's in Bossing Say. Yes. So it makes me wonder, like, how is Azula going to get into the city? Yes. Are we going to pivot away from her for a while? What's, uh, what's her next move? Yes. Toph's trackers. Are they going to get into Bossing Say? They're Earth Kingdom, so I would think so. Yeah, I, I suppose. would think that they could do that much more easily than Azula could. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering how Bossing Say is going to respond to the Avatar. Yes. You know, like 
do they know he's coming? Is he going to be a big deal there? Right. That's 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 going to be interesting. And um, I mean, even thinking about his reception on the fortress wall, it was like, yes, we're honored to see you, but we're not really going to take your advice. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. a little bit of blindness there. Here's the other thing I thought about. So we see the drill as this Fire Nation uh, technology play to mm. burn through the walls. Now, I also saw that Aang could just fly up to the top of the walls because he's Aang. Yes. And then I remember the end of the Northern Air Temple when it has this, like, moment where they where they realize that the Fire Nation has captured the balloon. Oh. The air power thing. And it's like, how does the walls of Ba Sing Se defend against air power? Oh, I did not think about that. So, and, and I mean, they so clearly placed that at the end of the episode to be like, we now have this air technology, so I'm just wondering, like, is there oh. going to be, is there going to be like an like a a fleet of zeppelins that are going to come attack Ba Sing Se? Yeah, and raining fire down on them, like that would be interesting. I mean, and like time, like enough time has passed since that mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of hard to know, but it has been a lot of time. They have so many resources. Yeah. Well, because this is a piece of like like uh, medieval military history, right? There's a reason why people built fortresses and castles Mm -hmm. and then there's a reason why they stopped doing it right right because things like cannonballs were developed and it's like they could blast through castle walls things like this oh my gosh it makes me want to watch legend of Korra to see how much culture changes yeah yeah even later yeah okay so so that that was the other the other thing i was sort of wondering about as we're thinking about boston say but mostly i just can't wait to I can't wait to get into the city. I just want to get them. I just want to get them there. Yeah. And I have a feeling that's where <laughs> we're going to be headed in our next episode. Annie, that is all the time that we have. Um, this was, a re- I, I loved this two-parter. And they just, they teased us with, you know, our, with when we're going to get in there. Um, if you are enjoying this ride, if you've made it this far in this show, this far in this episode, I presume you're enjoying this. <laughs> Um, give us an email, channel3900 at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know if you'd like to be a guest on the show. We would love to have you. We'd love to talk with you about your experience with Avatar The Last Airbender, your experience with Season 2. Um, uh, we are now, I, I mean, I can so clearly tell we're in the sweet spot here. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked a little bit before the episode started, and this is something I'm just going to say on the, on the show now. Like, I am somebody who... I can't imagine I'm going to cry at Avatar, but everybody talks about season two has these just like real tearjerker, emotional, emotional moments. So have you cried yet in season two? Uh, Yes. Or are we on our way there? Oh, you have. Well, no. Tears have not formed. I have been close. Tears will form. Okay. (laughs) The next two to three episodes are rough. (laughs) So we're we're on our way there. Um, So we will be back next week. Oh, you should should go to our website, avatarwithacademics.wordpress.com. You can find all the old episodes um, organized in a really helpful way. Um, So check that out. And we will be back next week with Book to Earth, Chapter 14. The City of Walls and Secrets. 